Our God is an amazing God. I do not know what you're going through, but I got news for you that no matter what you're going through, God is there with you. God is not dead. He's alive and He's living. He's not made with man's hands. He's God who created you. He knows all about you. So even at this time, even as we encounter God through the Word of God that is going to be preached, I believe that, that you'll experience the goodness and the mercy of God through the Word of God. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are so good and your mercies endures forever, Lord. Lord, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, Lord, let it rest upon us even at this time. And even as the Word is being preached, Lord, I thank you that we will not hear the voice of a human vessel, but we'll hear you speaking through us, God. And Lord, we thank you that we'll be sensitive, Lord, we'll be obedient to your voice, God. We give you thanks, Master. In Jesus' name, Amen. So this evening, we're going to speak on the topic, encounter, encountering God or have an encounter with God. You know, it doesn't matter if you are old or you are young. It doesn't matter what your age is. But you know, if we can all encounter God, you can encounter God as a young boy or a young girl, a, a, a little child. You can still encounter God. You can encounter God as an elderly person. Whatever age group you are, it is, really doesn't matter. All we need is have the heart to want to experience God. And uh, sometimes people think that only if you are in the ministry, only if you are a preacher or a pastor, you know, you, you have the right to encounter God. Actually, it's not so true. You can encounter God even if you are a businessman, even if you are a senator, even if you are, you know, uh, holding a high position like Daniel was in the book of Daniel and he had a great encounter with God or like Joseph had uh, an experience with God in the prison, you know, or you could... Uh, encounter God in any, any, any age, any vocation. God is a God who created us and He loved us. And why is it necessary for us to have an encounter with God? It's because God wants to have an encounter with you because He loves you. He created you not to put you away. He created you so you could be near. He wants us to, to have a family, like a relationship as a child to the Father. He's our Father. Jesus declared the Father to us. Am I right? So Jesus did say, uh, that we could address God as our Father, not someone so far away, but as a Father. So God wants us to have that relationship, that commitment, that walk with Him. And it's so necessary because God wants it, designed it to be that way. Secondly, in order to success, be successful in a ministry or in any Anything that God called you to in the service of God is so needful for us to have an encounter with God, to have a walk with God so we can hear what God is saying. We can see what God wants us to see and do. So we are not doing things out of our own, but we are led by the Spirit of God. And that's, that, that's how we ought to be. We are children of God who are led by the Spirit of God. Am I right? Um. Can we actually come to a place of encountering uh, uh, God and live? What does the scripture says? Now, there are some people who have spoken to me uh, uh, you know, and asked me, can one see God and live? The Bible, they say the Bible says that no one can see God and live. 
But Bible tells us in the book of Job in chapter 26, Job prophetically as he begins to declare, you know, the, as he go through the, the difficulties, he begins to prophesy and he begins to declare. He said in verse 26, after my skin is destroyed, he was going through all the problems. He says, this I know that in my flesh, not in his spirit, in my flesh, I shall see God. And Jesus himself said this, all right? Now, if you are not happy with this, at least listen to what Jesus had to say. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then in verse 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. As long as we have a heart that's pure, upright before God, we shall see God. God spoke about Nathaniel when, when Jesus met Nathaniel. He told a man in whom there is no guile, no guile, no deceit, a man in whom who is pure in his heart. And you know what God told Nathaniel? That he will see the angels ascend and descend. You see, to have an encounter with God, it, it takes a purity. It takes, a, the word of God actually purifies our heart. God is the one that purifies our heart. So as we walk with God and allow the word of God to purify our heart, we shall see God. God will enable us to have this encounter with Him. Amen. God Himself wants us, like how Jesus said, God Himself wants us to have an intimate relationship, an encounter with Him. Let's look at an example in the Old Testament. A famous man that we all know. Yes, Moses, all right? The Bible tells us that Moses... Um, uh, before he actually was tending the, uh, before he was in the wilderness, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts in, in chapter uh, 7 and verse 22, Moses was very eloquent. He was mighty in word and in speech. He was well learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was mighty in word and in indeed. But then we find here in the book of Exodus, this same Moses, all right, before he, he, he came here, 40, uh, for when he was 40 years old, he came into his heart to actually deliver the people of Israel. But, you know, um, it was a wrong timing. And so he got, uh, he got chased out, or rather he ran away because the Egyptian, uh, the Pharaoh was after him. So he ran away and he was right now in the wilderness. And in chapter 3 of Exodus, we find that as he was tending the flock of Jethro, during this time in chapter 3, he already come to a place where it's another 40 years. That means he's 80 years old, right? And he was tending the flock of, the, of Jethro, his father-in-law. Right, and while he was tending this flock, he said the Bible tells us that he came in 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 verse one. It says he came to this place, uh, Horeb, the mountain of God. So Moses, while he was tending, he led the flock to the back of the de of, of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, Horeb, Horeb, the mountain of God. What actually happened when he came to Horeb, the mountain of God? The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And he turned and he looked. The bush was burning with fire and the bush was not consuming. Meaning the bush is burning, but the branches were not coming into ashes. Nothing was happening. The bush was as green as it is, but there was fire. It's an amazing sight. And so he was looking at that. And when he began to uh, look at that, 
you know, the Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord began to speak to Moses and told Moses that, that you know, uh, God wants him to deliver the people of Israel out of the hold of the Egyptians. Now, just look at this encounter that Moses had. He was 80 years old. At this time, he was probably fed up, given up. He probably thought of the people of Israel uh, under the, the, the reign of the Egyptians. And he thought to himself, oh, you know, what can be done? At this place in the mountain of Horeb, God appeared to him. God wanted to visit him. It's not a, because Moses was eloquent, he was mighty in the wisdom of the Egyptians. At this point of time, he was totally made to nothing. I remember hearing a, a word of the Lord that was being mentioned to a person. I remember Pastor Paul was talking to one person and was telling this person that God is going to strip you like onions. And, I, and as, as I was sharing this, I remember this illustration. Sometimes we have so much inside of us and sometimes God begins to strip us like onions, take every part. And each, each skin is taken out of us. We weep and we weep and we weep. And we come to almost like nothingness. And at the place of nothingness is where God begins to minister to us. And I, I believe Moses was in a place of feeling really empty at that point of time. And the Lord begins to minister to him. At this same place, the, the mountain of the Lord, while the bush was burning. You know, God wants to meet you, right? God wants to meet you at your place of your encounter. He doesn't just want to see you, meet you at that place and, and move away. He wants you to keep coming to Him. That's why we have church service, right? We keep coming to Him and coming to this place, the mountain of God or the temple of God or the house of God. And there's a, and there's a beautiful encounter. I hope we can come back to that where we can sense the presence of God and it grows as each of us hunger after God. Now, have God met up with you at any time? I know of two occasions. I'm going to share two testimonies of mine of how I had an encounter with God personally. The first encounter that I had was when I was a teenage girl. I was really hungry. I was in a, in a traditional church follow, following the liturgy. And I used to tell God, God, I know the liturgy by heart. Every time they say the liturgy, I could sing it back. I know everything. I know every prayer. I know from the beginning of the, of the liturgy, they will say, Lord, have mercy. And the end of the liturgy, they will say, God has mercy. And I know the same prayer is being repeated and repeated. I said, God, I remember reading in the scriptures that you don't want people to give repetitious prayers, the same prayer over and over again. God, isn't, aren't we not doing something that is wrong? Isn't this wrong? So I begin to ask God, and I'm a young girl, school girl, and I said, Lord, there's surely there's something more. God, I'm so bored in church. I do not know about you, but if I were you, God, I would be so bored with the service. I'll be so bored with what they're praying because I don't think so. It's from the heart. It's all from all reading out. And I'm not sure, God, this is the same thing over and over again. I'm not sure whether this is of you or if I were you, I would be bored. God, is there something more than this, you know? And as I begin to uh, pray and ask God like that, you know, God answered me in a very different way. What actually happened to me was I was in school and it was during the break time or recess time. And I noticed this girl who was one year my senior. 
she just passed by me. Her whole face was glowing. It's like there's a bulb inside. It's like a lampstand. Her face was glowing. I asked myself, why is her face glowing? I did not ask my friends, but I was like, hey, why is her face glowing? I left my friends. You know, we all were eating together. I left my friends. I went behind her back, followed her where she was walking. And she was walking down the steps and just meeting some people down there. And they were praying. And I followed her halfway down the step and the bell rang. And I said, whoa, that was something. I've never seen that before. The next day, recess time. I'm talking about Malaysia. I'm not talking about Old Testament. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about real encounter in God. And so here, the second time, the next day, I was, uh, I saw her again. This time I don't even feel like eating, you know. I didn't buy anything. I just followed her. I followed her down the steps to where she was. She was with a group of students. They were praying and she noticed me. In fact, she noticed me the first time and she called me, asked me to join her. So as I joined her, she was sharing her heart, how they were praying for a Christian fellowship to happen in, in the church. Now, during those times, there was a move of God. You all have heard about the Barrio Revival. You all have heard of the Baklalan Revival. But may I let you know that in Peninsula Malaya, we had a revival going on in schools that is not talked about. It's, it's during the time of an inter- Christ uh, ambassadors in ISCA, in the school Christ ambassadors meeting that we used to have is during that time God moved among the students powerfully and I was in the midst of that move which I didn't even know it was happening right? I didn't know there's a move of God no one talked about that but here I was with her and she was sharing how they're praying that the headmistress will say yes to a fellowship in the school. She said, this Friday, come follow me. I'm going to go to this particular small little church, but it's 30 minutes walk from where we are. And we're going to go there and we're going to uh, have a, a Christian fellowship. Would you like to join us? By this time, my heart is so hungry because I saw her face glowing. You know, it's so strange when I, in the, in the group, as we are together in the group, there's no glow. The glow only happened when I saw her twice, when I saw her. But when I joined that group, I don't see the glow shining out. It's like suddenly it went dim. It's, I, can't, I can't explain this. It's like God was calling me to come have an encounter. So I said yes to her. And my mom is a very, very strict mom, okay? So I somehow have to get permission to God. Um, extra mural activities, but actually it's not extra mural activities. I want to go, I want to meet with God. But... Here was I on that Friday when I walked into that place. That's why I said there was a tremendous move of God among the students. All of them were in school from different schools. They were lifting up their hands and they were praying and singing in the Holy Ghost. I walked into that place. It was like static electricity, you know. It was so thick. It's so thick like you could take a knife and cut like a cake, you know. It's so thick, so saturated. So the ball, the, 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 the presence of God is so strong. The manifest presence of God is so strong. And as I walked into that place, I said, God, you are definitely here. They got something I don't have. I've nev- never experienced this experience before. I said, God, I'm so hungry, whatever it is they have. Now, I've got no understanding of the Holy Spirit. I've got no understanding of speaking in tongues because in the church that I was in, I was never introduced to that. I've read the Bible. In fact, I could buy heart. I could quote scriptures. But my eyes was blinded. 
I never saw the place that there was that you can involve the Holy Spirit in your life and the place where you could pray in the Holy Ghost. All these things, were, there was, it takes a revelation. My eyes were so blinded, but at that moment, my eyes was open because at that place, God had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, an encounter with God. I said, God, I want to experience you. I just want you, God. I just want, I, just, I cry like a baby. I want, Lord, I want you. You know, we need to be reduced to a little child many times to experience God. Right there, we have no training, no, no, no one taught me or showed me scriptures about speaking in tongues. Bang! I was standing there shivering, being filled in the Holy Ghost. Spoke in tongues for the first time, just at that place. And I, I want to share this with you. And truly, there was a move of God. Many of my friends during that time got saved. There was a move of God in the school. And true enough, the headmistress gave us permission to have a, a, a fellowship to happen. So God started to move during our time at that, in, the, in the schools. I pray it's going to come a move of God again. You know, God is looking for young people to have encountered. God is, God is looking for you. You may feel you're forgotten a lot, but God has not forgotten you. God is going to meet up with the young, the school-going children and young teenage people. God's going to meet up with you because you are a force to be reckoned with. You've got so much of energy and God's going to use your energy. And, and, and cause there's a great outpouring of God. It's going to happen at this time of great discouragement over our land. May I say this to you? God is about to move in a way that no man can stop. No man can stop what God is about to do. God is about to do a great thing in your midst. And here was Moses in, in Exodus chapter 3. And here the angel of the Lord began to tell Mo Moses, I will certainly be with you. And this is a sign to you that I have sent you. When you brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, you shall serve God in this mountain. There is a place that God wants us to meet. Like in Baklalan River, where Mount Murut was a place. And people came that they keep on coming there and there was a great move of God. I'm going to say this to you. you. God wants to meet you at your place of your encounter. You can have an encounter of God. God, is, God wants to meet up with you. This mountain, the mountain of Horeb in Exodus 3.1 is the same mountain God wanted to meet the other people too. Now, let's look at the Exodus chapter 24. Did God actually meet up with the people in, the, in this mountain? Yes, in the same mountain. We find that Moses went up in the midst of the cloud and went into that mountain. Which mountain? The Mount, Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And at this time, it, Moses was there in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. You know why he was there for 40 days and 40 nights? Because he was hungry. And what did Moses saw? And what did the children of Israel saw at this time? They saw the form of God and the mountain. God came and made himself known to the children of Israel. Can we see God and live? The children of Israel saw. The elders and the people of the children of Israel saw the glory of God. They saw the feet of God like sapphire. They saw the This is old covenant, even before Jesus came. They saw the glory of God. But you know what? Nothing, it meant nothing to them. It meant a lot to Moses. It meant nothing to them. You see, it meant a lot to Moses so much so that in Exodus chapter 33, Moses told God, God, could you show me your glory? 
after encountering God, after the, the Ten Commandments were given, after the, the, God showed him the Ark of the Covenant, the whole, how the Ark of the Covenant is supposed to be, how the Temple of God is supposed to be built, after God showed everything to him, after experiencing signs and wonders and miracles, I mean, he's so full. But yet, he asked God, 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 not enough. I want to see more. Can I see your glory, God? And the Bible tells us in the following chapter, in, in Exodus 34, that God put a hand over his, over his eyes and let him see the back parts of his glory. Now, this is the part where everybody is confused. What, what is it that sometimes, sometimes the scripture says they saw God, they saw the glory of God. And this part in Exodus 34, God has to close him because, close his eyes, why? Because they, he only can see the back parts of the glory. He cannot see all of God and survive. What does it mean? God is God. He can come and express himself in different ways to mankind. God can express Jesus is God, right? So Jesus came and he walked among men. He expressed himself as man and walked among us. But isn't Jesus God? Yes, Jesus is God. He's also man. When God wants to reveal himself to mankind, he comes and express himself in a different way that you can handle it. So we can see God in the level, in the measure that God wants to reveal himself to us. Like we find, as I mentioned to you, Exodus chapter 24, verse 10 and 11, the people of Israel saw God. They saw this, how, how powerful he was. You know what? It, I said they didn't mean anything to him. You know why? You see in verse 11, they saw God, they say, and they, they, the Bible says they saw God, you know, they saw God means they saw God. And they ate and they drank. They didn't mean anything to them. Can you imagine? You see God, huh? what would you do? I think I'll fall on my knees and I will cry. I mean, oh my God, I want to move your presence. But they were not. And verse 17 says, the sight of the glory of God was like consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes, in the eyes of the children of Israel. But it means nothing to them. It means to say sometimes God can move, you know. A great move of God can happen. But if your heart uh, is not pure enough or your heart is not right standing with God, if you don't have a hunger for God, you will not experience God the way God wants you to experience Him. What was the outcome of Moses' encounter with God? What is it? He had a great outcome of it. He had prophetic, uh, by the prophetic word, he, he, he delivered and restored the nation of Israel. He saw signs and wonders. He also had the glory of God come upon him like a whale over him. I pray there will come a time that not only in the Old Testament will, I'm believing God that in the present time as we walk with the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of God fills us up and the glory of God is in us, it will shine through us like I saw the young uh, schoolgirl, her face shone. It will shine through us and, and the glory of God will fill us up that no viruses can touch us. No weapons of the enemy can come near us. That God's hand will come upon us. No matter what happened around us, nothing will come near because the glory of God consumes us. May God allow, uh, may we allow God to, 
to live in us the way He wants to live in us. Like our bodies, the Bible says, are the temple, the dwelling place of God. We need to have this understanding that God, I want to encounter you. God, I want you to become the measure of your glory to get more and more into my life. That must be the hunger and the thirst. And I'm so glad that I encountered God because of one girl, huh? because the glory of God was shining on her face. God used her as a burning bush to bring, cause me to experience the Holy Spirit. May God use you as a burning bush to many people who do not know Jesus. May that be a hunger in your heart that God would use you. Amen. So we find that God used uh, Moses so amazingly. You know, was this, now it's so different, Moses and the children of Israel. Now, though the children of Israel saw the glory of God, the awesomeness of God, did it matter anything to them? We find in the book of Exodus chapter 32, when the children of Israel saw that Moses was so long time in the mountain, time, delayed time coming down, what did they do? They say, hey, Aaron, uh, we, want, we want God, uh, we want to make us gods that, you know, make us gods, you know, that can deliver us out of the, I mean, like, let, let me look at what, what exactly they said. Oh, come let us make, come make us gods that could go before us. For this Moses, uh, this man that he brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Like, come make us gods. They want gods. When God himself revealed in a great way in Exodus chapter 24, it even hit them that God is so glorious. They want other gods. Are we sometimes like that? We can point a finger at the children of Israel, but are we like that? And you know what Aaron said? Aaron told the children of Israel in verse 2, now you break off the golden earrings, huh? you take off all the earrings and give it to me. And what gift to do what? He wants to. So they, they broke everything and look at verse 4. I want you to look at verse 4 very carefully. He fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. That means he actually fashioned it. Fashion means fashion. Ah. You take time. Ah. You make it beautiful. Ah. You design it. Alright? With an engraving tool, okay? And he made a molded calf. Who did this? Aaron did it. And Aaron told the people of Israel, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. I mean, how could he? How could he do that? You know, later on when Moses, um, you know, uh, came up to him and asked him, why do you do this, you know, uh, you know co confronted him about why you have to do this, you know. And you know what Aaron replied in verse 23? Oh, these children of Israel, they said, ah, make us gods that go before us. You know, so as for this man, Moses, we don't know what happened to him. So make us gods. You know what I did or not? I said, whoever go, give it to me. So they gave me, you know. So you know what, Mo uh, you know what Aaron said? I took all this gold huh, and I cast the fire. Boom, this golden calf huh, came out already. Oh, such lies. Such lies, such dishonesty. How could, you know, you, we may wonder how could God use him? Such hypocrisy. But God used him because Moses prayed for Aaron. Moses pleaded on behalf of Aaron and God was merciful. But all these children of Israel, what happened to them? You know, because they did what they did, they short circuit God's plan, God's destiny over their life. 
God had a plan for them. God had a place, a land flowing with milk and honey for them. But because they didn't walk in the love and the fear of God and wanting to come back to God in, in, a, in, in loving Him and having that relationship, but have their own ways, their own plans, they short-circuit the destiny. You know, I pray that none of us will be the same. I pray that we all will walk with God, no matter what come by our path. You know, I heard, I read yesterday in the news, you know, we have uh, online news coming to us, right? I read yesterday about the number of divorce cases, you know, I can't remember, it's 40,000 or something, of, of, of Muslims and non-Muslims. I think all in all, about 70, 78,000 divorces. Oh, it's so terrible. And one day, it's about 40 divorce cases going on. So can you imagine when people go through all this turmoil in their life? And I hope as a Christian, we don't go, need to go through that. You know, can you imagine when you go through all this turmoil, who do you turn to? You need to turn to the Lord, no matter good times or bad times or difficult times. We need to continue to have an encounter with God. You know, uh, um, I, I think Pastor Paul would share with you in the, in the first service or, or maybe in the second service, he would share with you about how um, um, Asher had, you know, Asher got through and he, he, he got through his bar exam in the States. And that's a big deal, actually. Even his bosses, I think they went through many times before they could get through their bar. But this Malaysian, first time, and God have mercy. Oh my God, I'm so thankful to God. But he was sharing with me, Asher was sharing with me when he went for this bar exam. He had to drive six hours from where he was to Austin, Texas. And he has to sit for the bar exam. It's eight hour long exam for two days with a break of lunch break in between, one paper, you know, and then lunch break in between. And so he was saying how he was staying in this uh, hotel, right, uh, next to where, I mean, is exam hall, the same place. So he was staying in this hotel. And that night that he was, you know, he, he, he was so tired from his long journey, as he rested that night, an evil presence came and disturbed him. It's not like, he was in deep sleep and, it's, and they'll wake him up. And he wake up and before he could think of anything else, like there's nothing there. Then he goes again in deep sleep, again he gets wake, waken up. This presence will come suddenly and wake him up. Come suddenly, all out to make him feel tired because Asher needs good rest before he does anything. He needs a, he needs a good sleep to be alert and sharp. So the, the power of darkness tried to come and stop him and, and try to make him tired, tired so he won't be able to do it. It happened for the first night and he gave us a call and says, Mom, Dad, play, pray for me because I don't know how I'm going to sit for this paper. I, 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 I didn't get my sleep that I wanted. I got an eight hour long paper to sit down. Please pray for me. So, you know, we prayed for him and, and God's freshness came upon him so he could continue through the eight hours. Then, you know, after the, after the long drive, didn't sleep that night before, long, eight hours, you know, go through the exam, then he has to have a good sleep that night, right? It happened again. The power of darkness came and disturbed him. Every time he is in a deep sleep, they wake him up and wake him up and wake him up so that he will, his sleep will be off. You know, at that time, he was so, he was so broken. He felt that all that he studied cannot I cannot do this on my own. He needed God. He called on us and said, pray with me. And so we prayed with him. And you know what? 
And we asked also Pastor Chu to pray alongside with us. And I thank God for Pastor Chu who prayed alongside with us. So do you know what amazing thing happened? It came the second, second day. It was a very tough paper. Eight hours of very tough paper. But thank God, God saw him through. And he was saying, I don't know whether I can really make it, but God enabled him to make it. And he did well. Oh, God is an awesome God. When we call on him, he's real. I don't know what you are going through. You can call on him, but we, we should not come to a place of, uh, of getting lazy with, with anything. We should be, come to a place of you know, uh, wanting God's involvement in everything that we do. God wants to be involved in your life. He really wants to. Now, there's another person I want to take you to in the book of uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. And he's an unknown person. Is a place called Tishbite. You can't find it in the map. And you know what? This man is Elijah. He came before God. He's, the way he, he introduced or made his stand before Ahab is this, that as, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be rain nor dew except at my word. You know, only when I say it, except at my word, will the rain come, will the dew come. And But he said something, I stand in the presence of God. My friends, that's where the power of God is. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Elijah was in the presence of God with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began to declare this, there will be not, no rain nor dew except has his word. It's like Elijah's relationship with God was one with God. This is the place that we ought to be as children of the Most High God. And because he walked with God, he had great breakthroughs. And, you know, he saw the destruction of Jezebel. He saw the, the demonic stronghold happening in the nation. Of course, he had his weak moments. Of course, he had his difficult times. But he saw things happen because he was in the presence of God. He saw the signs and wonders and miracles and hearts turning to God. I believe that we as the children of the Most High can also walk in that. Then we find another person in, uh, 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 in the minor prophets, Daniel. Daniel, the Bible tells us that he was a captive. King Nebuchadnezzar captured all the children of Israel. He was one of the captives. He could have just go with the flow, but he didn't. The Bible tells us in Daniel 1 verse 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He wanted to stay pure and holy and upright before God because he wanted to walk with God. My friends, is that in your heart? Whether you're young or old, do we want to walk with God? And if we want to walk with God, God's hand will come upon it. God gave Daniel amazing wisdom. He was outstanding. He and his friends were outstanding in the eyes of everybody else. God can make you outstanding, not because of your own deeds, but because God is with him. Amen. And Daniel 9, we find that he kept his focus on the prophetic promises of God. You know, in Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah prophesied that after 70 years are fulfilled, that God will visit his people. Daniel wanted the visitation of God. Daniel wanted to see the miracle. Lord, it's time for your visitation. Visit us, Lord. Visit us. That was his heart's cry. Both in Daniel 9 and Daniel 10, he kept on praying, fasting, praying. And that was his heart's cry. My friends, if we can follow the footsteps of Daniel and walk into the place of praying for visitation, may I say, God wants to visit this land. God wants to visit you. And if we were to hunger and 
and cry and call upon the Lord, we will experience the visitation of God in a great way. This is our time, my friends. I want to say this to you. We all say, oh, this is a time of pandemic. No, this is a time of God's greatest move in this nation. God is going to move in this nation like never been before because God is preparing you to seek his face. What is the outcome of Daniel's sacrificial life? He saw, the, he saw our time. He had a prophetic revelation of the future. He had angelic visitation. He lived in a different dimension than most other people lived. God wants you to live in a greater dimension. Jesus, the Bible says in John chapter 5, Jesus was not led by needs. We all want to go look where the needs are. No, he was, he was led by God through the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught us to be led by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this one thing, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, whatever he does, the son shall do in, in like manner. And then he says in verse, uh, verse 50, whatever you know, I know his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Jesus spoke and Jesus did the things that he saw his Father speak and his Father do. My friends, maybe be led by God to do what God wants us to do and he will empower us and we will see the greatest move. And I'm going to declare this to you again. God is about to move in a greater way. There's going to be a greatest encounter, a move of God that's waiting to happen and is happening. May I say it is happening. It has begun. The move of God has begun and is going on in a great way. May we hunger to encounter God that we may tap into the flow and flow with the power of God in the glory of God more than anything else. Then your sicknesses will disappear. Your weaknesses will go away. Everything that you need on the exterior will just be taken care of because your heart is after God. God wants your heart. Are you willing? Would you be like Moses would say, show me your glory. Would you ask God to show you his glory? He was so hungry even though he experienced God so much. How much more about us? I pray that people be so hungry to experience God in a big way. This is our time, my friends. This is our season. This is the time God is about to move. This is your time. Amen. May we have this great encounter with God. And I'm going to ask the musicians later to sing the song, Show Me Your Glory, written by my husband. And, uh, and you, may you be blessed as you hear the song. And may your heart hunger after God. Thank you. May I pray for you. Father, I bring, Lord, all my listeners before your throne. Lord, only you know where we are. Sometimes you may feel we have, don't know where else to go. Turn to the right, no way. Turn to the left. Everything is blocked for us. But God, you know. You will make a way where there's no way. You will open a door where there's no door, God. You are a God of impossibilities. And God, I pray for all my listeners, God that we you, will experience you. Even Lord, even as they heard the word, I thank you, you manifest your presence, your omnipresence in different measures to the hungry hearts of God. And God, I thank you, Lord, even as the word is being declared, God, I pray there be a great hunger and thirst, Lord, to encounter you in every home, in every home cell, in every life of God, in every part of this church and the churches and people that are listening, Father. We give you thanks. Bless this church, God. Bless your people, God. Bless all my listeners, God. 
with a great encounter and walk with you. We give you thanks, Master, in Jesus' name. And God bless you. Have a great day.